Okay, guys, welcome to another Jesus Rant. This is Season 2, Episode 27, The Knowledge of Him. And the reason that I gave it this title and the reason that I want to talk about this today is because in order to understand who we are, we have to understand who He is. Everything that we receive from God from Jesus, from the Holy Spirit, comes from our knowledge of Him. Then it's it's really like you know GI Joe once said back in the day, knowing is half the battle, because you can't be who you are unless and until you know who you are. You can't be somebody you're not, or somebody that you think you ought to be because at the end of the day you are who you are and you know i've ranted on this before it's the whole idea you know i hear this quite a bit sometimes where people say oh well god loves you just the way you are but he loves you way too much to leave you that way and that always struck me as as just just plain blatantly wrong because love doesn't keep a record of right and wrongs. Love doesn't try to change people. Love doesn't demand its own way. Love suffers long. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love gives people the the room and the space and the ability to learn and grow, you know, kind of at their own pace and in their own way. But I always thought the fact of the matter is, is that God does love you just the way you are. He simply wants you to know the way that you really are. He wants to show you what's underneath, what's been kind of buried by the world, the inner man, the hidden man of the heart. And when you know who you really are, that's when you can be who you really are without trying to be somebody you're not. And, and, and again, you know, I, like I said, I rant about this stuff kind of all the time, but I think one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest traps we find ourselves in these days is that we try to get something we think we haven't got by being somebody that we're not. We try to do in order to be when really the divine order of things is that we do because we be. So let me start with 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. And this is kind of my key passage for today. This is hopefully what I'm going to be able to build on today to show us uh, this whole idea of the knowledge of him, of the more you know of Christ, the more you know of yourself, because Christ is our true identity. You know, it's Jesus, God in the flesh, love in a body, God in our flesh, love in our body. When we look into the mirror with an unveiled face and we see the glory of God in the mirror, in ourselves, we are changed into that same image from glory to glory. So we don't have to become something we're not. We just have to learn what we really are. That's the whole point of what I'm trying to say today. And I think that's such an important uh, shift in our mindset. Because, again, if you're trying to turn over a new leaf, what you need to understand is, no, you don't need a, a new leaf. You need to get on a totally different tree. You need to get off of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and onto the tree of life. You are what you eat. Your diet is so important. The fruit that you eat is the fruit that you will bear, the fruit that Jesus produces in you. So let's read 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. And it reads, 
You already know these things, dear friends, so be on guard. Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Amen. The world will try to mold you or conform you into their version of what they think you should be. The problem is, the world does not have your best interest at heart. The world has its own best interests at heart, and if it can mold you into their image, then they can get what they want from you. But as we know, love is giving. Love is never about getting. So if somebody's trying to get something from you, that's not love. If somebody's giving to you, that that can be love. And listen, you know, that can be... When people give to you, that doesn't automatically mean it's love. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. So if someone's giving to you, at least there's the possibility of, of love being there. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And it's hard not to always look for ulterior motives. It's hard sometimes to accept that kindness kind of exists in this world because it's rare. Uh, so often and so many times, everybody, and I mean everybody, is so selfish and self-centered and just looking out for themselves. And if they have to knock you down and climb over you to get a little higher, well, they kind of shrug their shoulders and they say, that's collateral damage. But here's the thing. Be on guard for that. Don't get cynical. Guard your heart by keeping it open. Your heart is so important because out of it flows the issues, or in my opinion, the issue, which is love, of life. So if you're on guard, you won't be carried away by the errors of wicked people, and you won't lose your secure footing. If you know the truth, you can ignore the lie. If you know, if you can hear that still small voice deep inside of you, you won't have to listen to whatever the world is shouting at you from the top of their lungs, trying to deceive you and bury you and trick you and carry you away. Uh, there's a verse in Romans that says, uh, you know, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by letting the mind of Christ that's already in you be in you by using the mind of Christ that you've already been given. So rather than that, rather than being conformed to the world, rather than being carried away by the errors of the wicked people and losing your own secure footing, rather than letting somebody else tell you who you are, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's our rock. That's our foundation. That's where we find comfort. That's where we find refuge. That's where we find our secure footing. That's where we find our true identity. It's in the knowledge and the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The more we know of him, the more we know of ourselves. Because as the Bible says in another place, as he is, so are we in this world. When you know Jesus, you know yourself. That's your true identity. And I wrote a whole book about this called Identity Crisis. Like, this is very important to me. This is one of the building blocks of my ministry is helping people know who they are. Because I see it. I see it so often. We're willing to jump through hoops trying to get something we think that we haven't got. Trying to be anybody that we think will be accepted. We'll, we, we will literally sell our souls for acceptance from people that, quite frankly, don't matter in our lives. You know? It's, it's the quote about, you know, people will buy things they don't need with money 
that they don't have to impress people that don't matter. And that's kind of almost how we built the society is just on the, the idea of, well, I have to put on a good front. You know, I talk about social media a lot and about how fake it is on social media, how everybody can just, you know, take a take a picture uh, of them smiling and put it out there. And that's hope and, and then hope that people will think that that's how it always is. And even the heaviest purple people in the world don't always have a smile on their face. People have bad days and people are allowed to have bad days. That's OK. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you should be real. I like real and raw so much better than I like fluffed and puffed and buffed. So the more we learn of Jesus, the more we learn of ourselves, the more we understand who he is, the more we understand who we are. And then that's how we be on guard. Like I said, if you know the truth, you can ignore the lie. You don't have to fight it. You don't have to, uh, you know, especially religious folk, I feel like are always on the warpath. They always want to find something to rally against, something to fight against, get this in out of the camp. What's the new hot button issue this week? What can I be against? And they're always against, 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 against. And I think it's more important. There are some things you should be against. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's more important what you're for. Are you for peace? Are you for righteousness? Are you for mercy? Are you for grace and truth and love? Because if you fill yourselves up with those good things, you won't have room for any of that other stuff anyway. God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. So when we understand that we are that same light, when we learn more of that light, that light that shines on us and in us and through us and out of us, when we focus on that light, then the darkness will flee just automatically. You don't have to fight it. It'll just flee. When God arises, his enemies are scattered. When you're in a dark room and you turn the light on, you're not in a dark room anymore. So these are the things that I think we need to shift our mindset towards. And the biggest one, you may have guessed from the title of this message today, is the knowledge of him. If we fill ourselves with the knowledge of God, we won't have room for the lie of the world. We won't have room for any of this other stuff that we don't need. You know, again, it's like the idea of, of sometimes when you move, you find out that a lot of stuff that you had stored in your house doesn't fit in your new house. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. God will prune you in a sense. Uh, you know, he, he is the gardener and we are the garden. And uh, he, he will cut away any dead branches or any dead trees that aren't producing any fruit. So if you're hanging on to those things, you make it harder for everybody involved. But instead, when you just simply learn of him and you just let him rule and reign in you so that you can rule and reign in this life, He's the king of kings. We are the kings. We're not just in the kingdom, but we are the kingdom. When we begin to let him do what he's of a mind to do, that's how we let the mind of Christ that's already in us be in us. So then we go back a couple of chapters into 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, and it reads, May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. That's it to me right there. The more knowledge you get, the more grace and peace you get. Because Jesus is our grace. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our strength. He is our mercy. He is our forgiveness. He doesn't just have these things. He is these things. So the more we grow in the knowledge of him, the more we have of who he is. The more we are of who he is, the more... And again, it's, it is a becoming, but it's not a becoming. 
It's being transformed into what you've already been transformed into. It's an acceptance of who you are in him and who he is in you. It's your true colors starting to shine through, if I can say it that way. It, you know, I, I rant about sometimes about the armor of God and how when, when the Bible talks about putting it on, it doesn't mean getting something that you don't have. It means sinking into it like a garment. It means wearing it and using it and getting comfortable in it. And even to the point where, you know, your favorite pair of pants, that they just fit you so well because you, you've worn them so much. And, and it's almost like a second skin. It's almost like you don't even notice you're wearing them because you're just used to them. And, and, and that's how it can be with the armor of God. That's how it can be with these great things of God, with this, this grace and peace of God. We don't have to call upon it, you know, when we suddenly find ourselves in situations and circumstances. And you can. You always can. If you break glass in case of emergency, God will always show up. I firmly believe that. However, I think there's a more excellent way. And that way is to have these things so central in your life that you don't get to the crisis point where you're like, oh, no, I need grace because you've been being graceful all along. Oh, no, I need God, I need your peace. No, you've been being peaceful all along. It's the whole idea of, you know, committing your ways to the Lord and letting him bring them to pass. It's the whole idea of praying without ceasing. So you're always in that uh, attitude of gratitude. You're always in that mode of communion with the Lord. And, and, you know, again, I always like to bring this up. When I say pray without ceasing, that doesn't mean babble to the Lord 24-7. It means talk to him and listen. It means cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. And then let him do what he's of a mind to do. Give him room to operate in your life. Be still and know that he is God. You don't always have to run around like a chicken with your head cut off trying to be a, a you know, a Holy Spirit police officer and get the sin out of the camp. Our job is not always to root things out. Our job is not always to have conflict with things. Our job is always to love people. And that can look a lot of different ways. You know, sometimes you have to love people from a distance. Sometimes you have to set boundaries in your life. Healthy boundaries are healthy. And if someone objects to a boundary that you put in your life, all that does is reinforce, A, that you need that boundary in your life, and B, that that person who has a problem with that boundary is the problem. Okay? Saying no to people is okay. You don't have to always say yes to everything. Be sensitive to the spirit. You know, I talked uh, not too long ago about enabling people and about how Yes, go the extra mile for people. Yes, cross puddles, cross oceans for people that wouldn't cross a puddle for you. Yes, go and give everything that you have and everything that you are. But also understand that once you've given something, everything you've got, it's either enough or it's not. And if it's not, then it's not. Shrug your shoulders and move on. You don't have to keep banging your head against a wall. You don't have to keep trying and trying and trying. And, and, you know, there are times when it takes more effort than other times. There's some people who are easy to love and there's some people who are not as easy to love. But the secret is the people that are the hardest to love, they're the ones who need love the most because they're not getting it because it's hard to love them. So don't take whether or not somebody deserves it into account but do take into account that once you've done what you can do, that's enough. You don't have to cut off your arm to give someone a hand. 
You don't have to hurt yourself to help someone else. All throughout the Bible, it talks about living out of your abundance. It talks about if you have two coats, give one to somebody who doesn't. It doesn't say give away everything you have and freeze to death. Even when Jesus told the rich young ruler to sell everything he has and give it to the poor, he wasn't saying you can't have anything. He was saying there's a problem here because the things that you have really have you. That was a heart problem. If you have something that you wouldn't give away, you might want to talk to God about that and figure out what's going on there. I'm not saying you have to give it away. I'm saying God will deal with your heart. So again, Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 says, May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. We have everything we need. We don't need anything else. Love's not about getting. There's nothing that we can get that we don't have. We have everything we need. We have received it by coming to him, by coming to know him. He gave it all to us, and now we don't need to get anything. We simply need to know what we have. Because if you know that you have it, you can begin to use it. You can begin to experience it. And that's, again, why the knowledge is so important. If somebody put a million dollars in your bank account and you didn't know it, you wouldn't spend it. You might accidentally spend some of it by overdrawing your account if you're not good with money. But my point is, is that when you know that you've been given a gift, you can receive that gift. You can experience that gift. You can enjoy that gift. And a lot of us, if we all of a sudden found a million dollars in our bank account, we would freak out anyway because we wouldn't believe it was real. We'd think this is a mistake. This is an error. And we'd call the bank and we'd have to know what happened here. Why is this here? Where did this come from? And, you know, some of us might try to withdraw it as quickly as possible just because whether it's an error or not, we want to have it. But the point is, is that knowing that you have a gift and knowing where the gift came from makes the gift pure. It makes it easy to receive it and experience it and enjoy it. But I want to talk about, we have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And in order to do that, I want to read Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 in the King James Version and then in the message. Oh no, I'm sorry. This is the New Living Translation. I'll do it in the New Living Translation and then in the message. I'm sorry. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 in the New Living Translation reads, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. This was the call that I believe Second Peter is talking about, coming to him. And look, he prefaces it by saying, those who are weary and carry heavy burdens. We're all weary. We're all tired. Life is exhausting. We have so much on our plates so much of the time. But there's a more excellent way. We can come to Jesus. We can let him carry our burdens for us. We can let him carry us. We can let him do everything that he wants to do and be everything that he wants to be in us and through us and as us. And it says again, he says, I will give you rest. He says, let me teach you. It's, it's, he's showing us who he is. He's giving us 
the knowledge of himself so that we can bear these things, so that we can carry these things, so that we can uh, get through this life, if I can say it that way. So let me read it quickly in the Message Bible. It says, Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Man, that sounds good, doesn't it? Recovering your life. Instead of just grinding it out, you can actually begin to live. Instead of just surviving, you can actually start to thrive. It says, Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And again, we see this idea of something that's ill-fitting, right? When you sink into the armor of God, it fits you. You get comfortable in it. God won't put you anywhere that he knows you shouldn't be. Even with Moses, when Moses said, God, I can't talk to Pharaoh, I stutter. He says, listen, yes, you can, but since this is such a problem for you, it's not a problem for me, but since this is such a problem for you, I'll let you take your brother. He's a good little talker. God always provides us with everything we need to do everything that we are supposed to do for him. So we don't have to worry about anything heavy or ill-fitting. We don't have to worry about, you know, uh, not being able to bear what God calls us to do because God doesn't want us to do it for him. God wants us to do it with him. We are co-laborers with Christ. The more we know of him, the more we know that he is the one doing what he wants to do, and he's just using us to do it. Instead of trying to walk in his footsteps, which is impossible, nobody can walk in Jesus' footsteps except Jesus, we simply let him make his own footsteps with our feet. So I'm going to move quickly. I have one more passage I want to read and then one more memory verse. So I want to read Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, and then one more to close. So Ephesians chapter 3, starting with verse 14, and this is Paul's prayer for spiritual growth. And it reads, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Think about that. He's given us everything we need to live a godly life. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's given us everything from his unlimited resources. He empowers us with inner strength through his spirit. Anytime the world knocks you down, Jesus can pick you back up can, has, and will. You just have to let him. You just have to let him be your strength. You have to let love be your strength. You have to stop fighting all the time, except for the good fight of faith. That's the only fight that you should ever fight here in the new uh, covenant, because the good fight of faith is not getting anything. It's laying hold of the gift that we've been given. It's receiving what he has already given to us, again, so that we can experience it and enjoy it. So he says in verse 17, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Faith. When you believe he's in your heart, that's when he makes his home in your heart. When you trust him to be himself in you, that's when you be him. Through him. So again, it's, you know, everything works by faith and faith works by love. When you know God loves you, you'll trust him. It's that simple. When you see how... Uh, amazing he is, 
you will want the knowledge of him. You will trust the knowledge of him. The knowledge of him will make sense to you. Uh, you know, as we're going to see in just a minute, uh, it's a knowledge that passes knowledge. It's not just an idea of head knowledge, but it's heart knowledge. It's experiential knowledge. It's, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I know God loves me because I've experienced his love. So it says in verse 17, Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. That's what this is all about. The knowledge of him, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of Jesus is the knowledge of love. It's the height and length and depth and breadth of God's love for us. And the only way to really, truly, honestly know and understand that is to experience it. To let him love you bigger and deeper and wider and stronger than you ever thought you could be loved. And, and you know, that can be hard. That can be scary because you have to open up your heart. You have to... St- get rid of some preconceived notions, and you have to let go of some hurts and some wounds. But it says in verse 19, May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Everything that we've been given becomes complete in us through his love for us. You don't have to understand it fully. You continue to, this 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 never-ending lifelong journey is a journey into the heart of the matter, which is the heart of God beating in our chest. That's what this life is for. This life is not for figuring out this life. This life is for letting God love us and loving him back by loving each other. And the more we do that, the more we understand it. So it says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus, through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Guys, this is so powerful to me. Having the power to understand God's love, even though it's great, too great to fully understand it. To continue to grow in the grace and mercy and truth of his love to continue to grow in maturity and in the in the identity of who you really are which again who you really are who you are in Christ is who Christ is in you so let me read one more verse and then we'll close it up for today Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 it says this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. In order to experience the abundant life, the eternal, everlasting, abundant, resurrection life of God, we have to let Him live His own life in us and through us and as us. We've been given all things that we need to live a godly life. And now, coming into unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that's how we use those things that we've been given to measure up 
to the full and complete standard of Christ. If you want to live that abundant life, you need to know what makes life abundant. It's God's love. The difference between death and life is love, period, full stop. So the knowledge of him, again, is the knowledge of love. It's knowing that God loves us and knowing that the new commandment for the new man is to love one another as he has loved us, to receive and release that love, to let what's inside of us, again, buried down deep underneath uh, all of the stuff that the world has tried to pile up on top of us, God's heart beating with love in our chests, that still small voice that says, I love you with every beat of God's heart in our chest, knowing and believing that he is who he says he is. He does what he says he does. And we are who he says we are. We are his beloved son in whom he is well pleased. Knowing him is to know love and to let that love that's in already inside of us come out through the knowledge of it. That's the complete standard of Christ. That's the abundant life. That's what it means to use these things that we've been given, all things that pertain to life and godliness, everything we need to live a godly life. Using those things to live a godly life means simply letting God love us and loving him back with that same love by loving people. That's what this is all about. That's what the knowledge of him will bring us to. When he calls us to work with him and learn of him, he shows us who the Father is by showing us what love is. He's a, he, when Jesus was on the earth walk ministry, he was a man like you and me in a human body filled with love. And that's who we are. That's what the knowledge of him will allow us to uh, be. And when that love inside of us, when we know and believe it's in there, it will come out of us. So that's what I have for this week. As always, I hope it's really practical. I hope it helps. And I'll see you guys next week. Okay, well, if you enjoyed that, I want to invite you to check out my website, jesusrant.com. You can get my daily rants on there. You can uh, get the my books that are written on there. They're also on Amazon. I have an author's page on Amazon. Um, I've written a lot of books. I'm pretty proud of them. You can order them. I try to keep them cheap because... I don't like to pay a lot of money for books, and I don't think people should have to pay a lot of money for mine. So check that out. Um, if you want to support the podcast itself, you can find it on anchor.fm. If you just search for Jesus Rant, um, you can support it monetarily. You can support it by uh, liking it, sharing it, subscribing to it. And you can, su- you can support it Excuse me, by word of mouth, by telling people about it. Uh, helping other people listen, find it and listen to it. And uh, thank you once again, as always, for spending your time to listen to it, to uh, to help me to get the word out, which, you know, as we know by now is, is my heart, is just getting this word out, Word Without Walls Ministry. Um, so just thank you for your support. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Amen.